Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan bringing us in, and on this amazing, 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 I'm going to see it four or five times episode, we're going to be talking about a surfer movie with our three usual awesome friend co-hosts, and I'm staring blankly at them and waiting for them to I, speak Blank. Up. Blank. I'm, I'm Aaron. I'm your Bodhisattva expert. Bodhisattva. I'm Blake. I'm your Keanu Reeves expert. Keanu what? And I'm Brian, your Southern California expert. That, that one's actually true. <laughs> it is sort of SoCal. So we recently... Blue Crush. <laughs> watched a movie. The, the hit surfing movie. Uh, with, starring called, Michelle Rodriguez. Called Point Break from 1991. Yeah. And, it's, and it, it stars a couple of now f- somewhat famous, or had been well, famous. Well, Patrick Swayze's... I guess he was famous in the eighties. He he's infamous now because he passed yeah. away relatively soon after these movies. He, yeah. Did he? He's been dead for a while. Really? Yeah. This, this film was mid career for him. Yeah. Yeah. But early career for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. it's got early Patrick, on. Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey, John McGinley, yeah. uh, Lori Petty, Lori Petty, who's Tank Girl. Correct. Kind of the biggest thing, but she's great in it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. We knew what we were going to watch. I went out and sought beers that were. That were going to crush us like a wave. Amicable to both the name of the movie and the plot and story of the movie. And character names. <laughs> and I thought I got pretty close with that. We got something from uh, Oceanside, California, and something from Seattle, Washington. And so S- Seaside, California. Seaside, yeah, sorry. I put, why did I put... Bo- uh, both uh, places with the crunchiest of waves. Yes. Uh, it'll be really interesting to hear the gentleman speak about these beers in a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to talk about Johnny Utah and how Johnny or John... Played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, you mean Johnny Unitas? Is, is I my so here's my fan theory. I'm just gonna put it out there yeah, 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 at yeah, the I very beginning. Tell 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 how the many how many movies does he play with the name John? We've got Point Break. Yep. Johnny Utah. We've got Giant Mnemonic. Yep. Uh, John Constantine. Yep. I forget the rest. <laughs> He's he John Wick. John Wick. There's lots of dudes named John. And and there are the, uh, three John Wick movies. And there's going to be four. So four. Yeah. So, so we're up to seven. So needless to say, my idea was that my fan theory, which is amazing, is that these <clears throat> are all stories that occur in the Matrix. They're just being retold to him because he's the lead act, one of the lead he, actors. He's the guy playing the game. His name is John in all of them. So uh, Dan, they're connected in some way. What studios put out all of these movies? Probably all different ones, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> so all the studios are collaborating. They all uh, collaborate. Okay. You know they collaborate on Not stuff. Not since Marvel because and DC studio... made Amalgamation Comics have we gotten <laughs> such a crossover. I know, right? Every studio <laughs> is in the Matrix. They are. Oh, that's what's Brian. crazy. That's, I'm like, I'm not making level. it up. Yeah, okay. this is meta, baby. I gotta walk away. All right, I'm so just go classic nineteen. <laughs> but anyway, this is a surfer movie. It's about surfers. It's a surfer movie, bank robbing movie. It's a bank heist, FBI it, chasing no, kind this, of movie. This is a movie about freedom and independence and your your ability to choose and, your and own. Riding uh, the waves. Yes, riding the, the waves yeah. or Meepo- shooting guns. Meepo I mean, those are your options. Well, you're either yeah. riding. The opening scene is you're either shooting a gun. Or surfing a wave. I'm like, there's the system or surfing. I mean, there is no I, in between. There, there's I, riding a coffin on the concrete highway for hours every morning. Yes. Or there's freedom. Freedom. Right. And that's what Bodhi is is selling to everybody. He's selling freedom. He's selling authentic experience. He's he's selling uh, you know, he's selling dead presidents. Not a nine to five. Yeah, yeah. Live this life, man. You but, live this life, and but and in order it. to live that life, 
He's got to rob banks, right? And, Correct, and, and take money from all the people who are sacrificing Which, all this time uh, stuck in traffic. Quick, quick piece of trivia, and this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. It's however many years old at this point. 91. 1991 is a while ago. So yeah, thirty-one. So year obviously, old movie. a lot of the characters die towards the end. The order the presidents get the guys get murdered, or the order the presidents ended their presidencies. What? Whoa. I, I hadn't noticed that. I, I didn't notice either until I was reading the trivia. I thought, no, yeah. yeah makes he sense. Goes, and then he goes, Nixon makes it last. Carter's like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a, so, wow. All right. So this is not a PG-13 film. No, it's red R. Nudity. It's R. So is, is, is it children appropriate? Is it, is it kid appropriate? Is it teenager appropriate? No. There's, this is an R-rated. Lots of there's there's no like sex scenes, but there's a lot of frontal and there's some, full body. There's nudity. nudity and, there's death. There's there's uh, narcotics references. I think there's actually Vi- two two keys for violence. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's punching and shooting. Driven. Violence is the storyline. It's right. like fighting against the system using violence. Well, I, and I think I think this I think the story is a. Uh, you see Johnny become more rounded. He shows up like prim and proper, ready to work for the FBI. And uh, Laurie Petty even points out partway through the movie, man, you look happy finally. Right. You look so focused and serious all the time. Like you're doing a school project, but now you actually seem happy. And he eventually accepts that, yeah, I don't, is it, there's more to life than just working for the man and, and the, yeah well but i think one of the central the grind one of the central themes of this movie is like you know there's a choice of like you know the soul crushing existence where you know you've got like kind of this colorless yeah ex- or you know chasing the high they, they even show what the yeah. office when they first walk in it's hazy it's all whites and beiges yep Yep, and there's like a, kind of lots of meaningless clatter in the background of yeah, people like yeah. pushing paper and doing things, but none of it's like obviously important, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And none, none of it has obvious purpose, I should say. The movie was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who also directed Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis, and this, as some of the I guess you would say critics have said, this is a remake of that, but with Keanu Reeves. Interesting. I've yeah. never heard that. I, I haven't you seen know, Blue Steel. I, like I haven't it. seen Blue Steel, so I can't I comment. Just, I only think of the Zoolander. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, so, new look. <laughs> Bodhi or Bodhisattva, or there's there's different terms that he's called within the movie, but Patrick Swayze, I mean, you had mentioned, Aaron, that you didn't think he really pulled it off very well because his character is kind of stiff a little bit. He's like just playing it uh, along. Or, yeah, I mean. He, well, and, and Patrick Swayze is kind of hard to see as a spiritual. Yeah. guru just right. based on previous roles I've seen him in. Yeah. Right. I mean, he ripped a guy's throat out in Roadhouse. It's not very which, chill. Which was just two years prior to this yeah. film. Right. He had a big run through the late 80s, early 90s. But I also think maybe, maybe too, the character, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze as a spiritual guru is hard to... to you know, buy into, but then also too. I mean, this character ultimately is kind of selling a false idea. Like, right, you know, he, he does not practice what he. Well, on the waves, he practices what he yeah. preaches. Right, right. But he's also kind of a. He's a, a typical preacher, a killer. Yeah, and he's not loyal to his group of bank robbers. Right, no, not I mean, at he all. cuts bait often. It, it, he just right. leaves them. Yep, and then know. yeah, so I, I think yeah he. There's a bit of con man to him. Yeah, that he's, he's a false prophet. He's selling yeah. this kind of you know spiritual enlightenment, but he doesn't actually have it, and he doesn't actually know how to get somebody else there. So like, and, and I don't know if that's like intentional or if it's just like the way that you know Patrick Swayze kind of presents. I, I think <laughs> it, I think is intentional. I think the people who made the movie say what you will about the movie. I think it's good. 
It's some hokey yeah. stuff. There's some stuff we all point out. There's a like, lot this of continuity really issues. But, this but, but that's okay. But I think they did a good job with him going with that route where he, you know, sold, sold a, a false bill of goods while claiming, yeah, this is lifestyle lead, but really. I mean, ultimately, he just wants to find his his big rush, his big yeah. high. He, he wants to fuck around. Like, I, oh, so, wait, no, we're, sorry, we'll, we'll beep you on that sorry. one. <laughs> but I, I meant, he, but, uh, yeah, he wants to mess around. He wants to have fun. He That's, wants to yeah. f word around. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. <laughs> but, and, uh, and, but Swayze took some uh, stuff from his surfing. Like, he has friends who surf, who, who we have that kind of mentality of. Man, you just feel the waves. The waves feel you. You just get in there. You're one with it, man. So that felt he real. He took some of that. That the, part felt real. He, he apparently just knows people like or knew yeah. people like that. That part feels real. The whole bank robbery thing and cops don't show up for 90 seconds and you get away and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, not really no, in 90, real life. 90, 90 seconds is an incredible response time, though. Yeah. I mean, can you get anywhere in 90 seconds? No. Especially no. in L.A. Like, right. That's a lot of traffic. I, like, I, LA. I, the, the, the question I have, uh, why, pre- why presidents... And what's what's the message? Or what's the commentary with the president? Well, the masks? first robbery they talk about it. How they uh, they kept referencing. I'm not gonna remember any of the terminology, but they kept referencing like the ideas they might have pushed and like the capitalist vibe of the of presidency and mm-hmm. the American way while robbing people of the money yeah. like, that they were right. working so and, hard and, to deposit and take out. And the final it, it bank was like robbery. a it's like a allegory. Yes, the final bank robbery then had they didn't stick to the script. Nah, they went off script. People died. And then, of course, there's a scene at a gas station, and you she Reagan. Uh, uh, I think Brian or Aaron pointed out that uh, Re- Reagan with the flaming gas. Yeah, that was gas, Brian. Just Bri- like uh, that's, burning that's, it all down. It's right? like, boy, how that, don't that feel real? Yeah, it's burning <laughs> it all down. Thanks. But uh, but also really a visually striking scene. Oh, I mean, yeah. Who who doesn't want to light a gas uh, dispenser on fire at a gas station and burn everybody? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Reagan would. Or not. Yeah. All right, we're going to take. I, I'm a, not gonna, saying I want to do that. <laughs> All right, gang, we're going to take a pivot into hard politics. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? No more fun. <laughs> so there, there's actually that that scene was followed by a really striking uh, visual scene of uh, a foot chase where yeah. one, one of the people was still smoking from being on fire. Yeah, uh, yeah. another piece visually, of trivia that was really stunning. Another piece of trivia that was Swayze's uh, stuntman because Swayze was busy promoting Ghost because Ghost came out in 1990. And he was promoting that movie. So for that scene, since he keeps the mask on the whole time, stuntman during the chase. Yeah. But I love the chase. I thought it was really, really cool. It did that classic. You follow the the chasey like through you know the section of the house in the background, and then the chaser through the section of the house. Mm-hmm. The, the synth music was really like perfectly of the time, and it, yep. it fit the speed of it. I I just really like a good action scene. And there, some of it was almost handy cam or like yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. It, it was it felt very steady cam, yeah. shaky. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. felt like you were the POV of the person chasing yeah. the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I like the chase scene, and I like it was like you know it had the right intensity, it had the right rhythm to it. But the the um, the movie as a whole, the timing of it surprised me a little bit, and not in a, in a bad way. Like there was uh, a lot of lead up where our our hero. Our main, our, I should say our main J- character, Jonathan Utahness. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, Jonathan Utah Esquire, uh, who uh, <laughs> you know he's he's undercover, and then he he gets pulled into events. I'm I'm it's you know a, a forty year old movie, but or, no, thirty year old movie. But at this point, I'm not going to plot nah, spoil yeah. everything though. Yeah. But uh, and then he gets shot in the foot. Come on, well, I mean, like spoil but, it. But then there's still it's like another thirty minutes of movie that's still engaging, even after what I thought was going to be kind of like the climax and like yeah. e- everything coming together. 
of like, oh, he, he, he got pulled into this caper and now he has to, you know, decide on his loyalties as a as an FBI. In agent. the 2000s, that would be the climax. Right. That's kind of when they would wrap things up. But this well, is a two hour movie. Well, so, I, right. I, I would I would argue and I'm not going to break it all down for you, but I would say that this most movies are a three act structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say this movie is kind of a five act yeah. structure. Yeah. Which and, is more of a, a Shakespearean a uh, great dramatic or great comedic like Hamlet, structure. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and so the 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 points break at slightly different places. So we we definitely had a point in time where we started talking about. Well, we drank the second beer. We started with the first one and went to the second one when there was a clear break, and all of us kind of tipped our cans and like, all right, time to do the second it, one. It was poetic from my point of view because I watched the three of you just simultaneously. Knock them back, and it's like this is just like something out of the you, world's end. I love it. I just, so Brian's like, yeah, there, there. I'm not going to break it down for you. And then Dan's like, yeah, there's a point when he did this. I'm just wondering how many puns can we break out with yeah. point and break. break. And point <laughs> yes. And break. Well, I was also going to make Aaron, a point. I see the point you're you're breaking here. <laughs> I was also going to make a point, uh, kind of segueing back to how Patrick Swayze's character Bodie really made an effort to make it about himself and no one else. I'm like his ex girlfriend, like. Obviously, he still has feelings yeah, for her, yeah. but you're willing to use her as bait. I mean, it's like, come on. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he's he, he's not yeah, going to he, He's a bit her. psychopathic. He's, yeah, like, he's, wow, a, yeah, he's a, a classic narcissist. Bodhi's right, cool yeah, guy yeah. image really shatters. He, he should have really worn a Trump mask. <laughs> uh, let's, so let's. This movie's already womp, been remade womp. once, but it needs to be remade yeah. again. Wait, wait, there was a remake? What yeah. Was it good? Was it not good? It was boring. Was it the same president's? I don't remember. It, oh, it was like when they remade trivia. RoboCop and, it was and called Total Point Broken. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when they remade RoboCop and, and Total Recall. It was fine. It was boring. You could have just renamed it some other movie and it'd been a little better. Eh. What is amazing though? I don't feel like this movie needs a remake. Sorry, it doesn't. Like, go ahead. No. no. What what uh, this movie has spawned is something called uh, Point Break Live, a piece of cult theater in which the role of Johnny Utah is played by an audience member chosen by popular acclamation after a brief audition. <laughs> so every other the every other one of the cast members like is a regular. They do that that same role every night, and as a running gag about Keanu's acting, which for a while. Pretty wooden, pretty straightforward. A little rough. The the joke was anyone could get up and do his roles. And so like if the four of us went to this thing and one of us got up there, it could be Dan reading like walk you know, walk around with a surfboard being yelled at by a guy playing. No, you the have Gimli's to go role. down, Bodie. It has to go down this way. You have <laughs> yeah, to go down. They're yeah. they're flying in the helicopter. With the guy right shaking now. a thunder sheet and like cow cow and like someone waving rain sheets. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny so yeah, point break live is a legit thing. Gary Busey and Lori Petty have both shown up for the like to watch it. That's and, really funny. And to be the Jenny Utah on the scene. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really Which hilarious. Is, dude. Like I love, I love when stuff like that happens, like how everyone has embraced uh, die hard being a Christmas movie and doing uh, Nakatomi Plaza drop for new year's. Legit, and just the love of gremlins where everyone's like, Oh man, we're gonna have like this whole thing around gremlins. Movie I love culture. that point. Yeah, exactly. Like just this Rocky horror picture show. Right, where people have embraced like this is a weird movie. We're weirdos. We're gonna do weird shit watching the movie. Right, the the and the, the cult this, aspect that some movies gain. That's why it surprises me when I meet people who haven't seen Point Break, which you know, there's a lot of media. You're not gonna see everything. Right, but I'm always surprised, thinking, wow, I guess not everyone's seen this. It feels like uh, to me, everyone's f- seen it. No, this is my first viewing of Point Break. I've never seen it before tonight. H- how'd you like it on the first viewing? I think I, like seven out of ten. I, I know it's that feels like, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like it's a, it's a nice movie. It's uh, somewhat dated in some respects. Oh but yeah, like 
Uh, and, and I think, you know, there are parts of the, uh, the villain that seem slightly contrived or maybe one dimensional, but, but, you know, there, there's kind of character growth with our, our main character. Uh, I think the, the conflict is natural. All of the decisions the characters make make sense to, for the most part. Yeah. 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 And, it, it was a nineties movie coming out of the eighties. Right. Uh, yeah. It was kind of uh, fast and loose. The thing that, bit. yeah, it, to me, this really felt like an eighties movie. The f- soundtrack felt very eighties to me because I think, you know, in the eighties there was like Def Leppard and, yeah. you know, like, and in, Rat, in the nineties, Rat, Rat has a song. It, then it was all like album. Alice in Chains and Nirvana. Like, you know, so like a real clear difference in the music. Oh yeah. And, and I, I almost wonder if like, you know, the, the movies, the, the soundtracks I'm sure changed very much. Uh, kind of along those those fault lines too, mm-hmm. because I don't think we'd see you know after 1991. I don't think we're going to see like Def Leppard or you know the the type of White Snake or whatever. Probably, it, like, mo- no, mostly in, for comedies, yeah, played maybe, for comedic maybe, effect. Maybe in comedies for yeah, like you know not another teen movie or like frat house uh, movies. B- Balls of Fury like, did that a lot because that was a running thing. But yeah, but like I think this might have been one of the last movies to use like the 80s type of music. Kind of hair, hair band, music. Hair, hair metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't disagree with that. It, so it has like Rat, Concrete Blonde, Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix Rat. has a song in it, wow. School of Fish, Public Image Limited, a group called Shark Island. I have no idea who that is. Sheryl Crow. Before wow. Sheryl Crow became that don't, that don't impress me much. famous. Oh, wow. This was her break. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, w- I want to know what song it was because I didn't notice. Hundreds of Tears. Sounds I, I imagine it was during one of the, it, uh, it, the love off, scenes. It's off one of her unreleased albums. Okay. Which oh, I... Yeah. I happen to have. As I say, I had the, like the Tuesday, whatever, the, whatever. The music right, in right, this right. film was very wall to wall. Yeah, but it was, and it, it, it wasn't like a score. It was very much kind of rocks. Brian, rock can music. you explain what wall to wall means? Wall to wall would be carpeting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mu- music from from the beginning of the film to the end. Like just music uh, under every scene. So, so less of a needle drop where you wait, save it for like a key part of a scene, but just. As just steady background right. stuff. There, there are some okay. some films where the dialogue and the action kind of supports itself, and we don't need a lot of music behind it. Interesting. And cool. some most movies use music to push the emotion of the scene. Right. Correct. I mean that that's but, something that's done a lot. The the, the war hero in the trench, you hear violins and cello. It, it tells you how to feel. Yeah, it gets it epic and big. Yeah. And if somebody's mom just died, then mm-hmm. it's tricked treacly piano mama don't go or do, you do, know a little do, 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 like do. a solo sparse violin thing or when blade cracks his necks and the dubstep really kicks in <laughs> yes <laughs> yes oh, oh, until the vamp- bank goes in we'll kill some vampires yeah i'm gonna take just a second since we're talking about filmmaking with this yeah. i thought both the car chase and the foot chase we've already talked about the foot chase a little bit mm-hmm. but from an editing standpoint it was very well done. Nice. Because you never never lost track, even though people were driving down this street and that street, you never lost track of geography, mm-hmm. where the protagonist and the antagonist yeah. were. Spatially where they were Spatially. in relation to each other. Yep. And also, yeah. I, I doubt if anyone else was listening, but the, the sound design for those scenes was really well done. Was really well done. I heard a lot of screechy yeah. tires it, and the clatter of the, um, the it, arm getting knocked It aside. is very hard to make vehicles sound like naturally where they are with the doppler effect going away from you or panning across the screen or Hmm. a a car that is two blocks away is going to sound a lot different than one who's 
doing a tight corner right in front of you. Mm-hmm. That and makes sense. And, 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 and a lot of hubcaps go flying off. I, and yeah, and, and, yeah, 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 the, the ting, ting, ting of a hubcap. And, right. and, and someone is going to foley that or mm-hmm. find and edit that tink, tink, tink for every time that little hubcap hits Boy. the, the c- cement. Yeah. Hmm. The only sound issue I had was in the one of the later <laughs> movie scenes where they're skydiving and Kiono has to drop his gun. Is it as he clacks against this, air? You can hear it clank <laughs> no, as soon as he drops no. it. I heard, I'm sitting no. here going, oh my God, he just dropped his, this, it, auto, it was a real, it looked real. I it mean, was it an least, auditory you know. hallucination. Like th- there was a noise, but I think it was just like something flapping in all the airspeed. Uh-huh. They, they were trying to tell a story. If, if we were going with strict reality uh-huh. instead of the in, enhanced reality of film, we wouldn't have heard any of the dialogue. I know. It's, it's just like, loud-ass wind. Yeah, it's like, whoosh. like, dude jumped out of an airplane, A, without a parachute, and B, without goggles on. I'm and like, dude gun. can't see shit, and with <laughs> a gun in his hand. <laughs> yeah. A big one, That's too. That's true. And I was like, what? Okay, little what's, suspense. What's funny is Dan, of Dan's the, just of the teasing, Dan's teasing uh, the, the movie Brian and I are going to write that ties this movie into the Transformers universe, where it's from uh, Megatron's perspective, as he flies by and this gun hits his wing. He goes, who dares strike Megatron? So here's the fun thing, is the person who directed most of the aerial shots that happened yeah, huh? worked on the Transformers. That's amazing. That's, that's in like the trivia stuff that, that I read. That. Yeah, that's no, so you fun. just totally, yeah, no, it's serious. It's, it's because of the action sequences in the filming and stuff. That's where oh, yeah, they yeah. started out was like, we're going to film. And we talked about that a little bit. It's like, you're in the ocean. How are you filming that? There's that's a very specific skill set. And, yeah, it is. It really is because yeah. you have mm-hmm. to be a surfer yourself and know how and when to get those exact shots. Right. Well, also now, keep yourself safe and upright. Correct. Yeah, and also yeah. be aware of what the camera is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot and, to And do. how to mm-hmm. handle the wave when it crests and goes yeah, over right, you. Right. As well as, you know, like uh, the rainy shots towards the, at the end of the movie where it's just like, it's raining in front of the camera, but the actor's dry. And then all of a sudden the actor's wet and it's raining everywhere. And then, and damp, then all damp of a sudden, denim. I know it's like, Kiono, and you know, we also haven't mentioned, but the locations that they shot this film in were like in Utah, you know, obviously in LA, some of the beach scenes were in LA, but they were also the Oregon. end. The, the, it's like you're supposed to be in where in like Victoria, Australia, but it's not. It's in maybe on the Oregon s- coast, New South Wales. Yeah, no, they in all of those small town shots are there. You could actually drive into those towns and see them. I, I think don't I've, have I recognized one of those. Small I'm pretty towns. sure that was yeah. Cannon Beach <laughs> or Rockaway. So yeah. my, my last question before we talk about beer. I'm sure I'll have questions about beer. But my last yes. question for movie is like, do you guys think that surfer culture was like authentically represented? And I'll say this, like I came from Minnesota. It's like as far from an ocean as you can grow up. I grew up. And mountains. You know, and mountains too. But I remember, you know, like there's a thing called the Midwest work ethic and we would look down our noses at people that would like, in Southern California, they'll walk off their jobs to go catch a wave or whatever. And now, <laughs> now that I'm older with more life experience, it's like, yeah, those waves don't come around all the time. You got to take them when they're there. You got to take them when they're there. You have to balance life and experiences with other responsibilities. And and now I wouldn't be nearly so judgmental. But I, I'm still like, you know, Portland, Oregon is as close as I've ever lived to a coast. I am not in surfer culture. So I, I would say it strikes me as fairly authentic. Okay. I worked with an editor who would go surfing for two or three hours before work because wow. – 5, 6 a.m. was when the tide was coming in and the waves were better. Uh-huh. 
And my mother-in-law, who was a lawyer, had a lawyer friend down who had an office in the same building, and he'd leave at one every day to go surfing. That's What's really amazing. funny is there's a line in this movie about lawyers not surfing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, there was also you know question about when he was out there trying to learn how to surf and you know making his ends with the girlfriend who became the girlfriend, uh, Lori Petty's character, and. She was all about initially, like, why you get off my wave? What are you doing here? Because it's like you're not allowed to encroach on uh, the, surf, yeah, the yeah, surfers. Yeah, there, there, surf there's definitely a surf etiquette. Yeah. yeah, in California, and like, he like, asked yeah. her. He he straight up was like, "Here's my in. I can ask her to teach me and help me find my ways and, and yeah. you know find out the one thing that will." Touch her heart and make her feel. No, well, it began the one thing as, that'll break the case. The one thing that'll yeah, break the it, case. it began yes. as a case breaking. It became love. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it started as one far way. as far as the guys who uh, attacked Johnny Utah, the drug dealers, doers. As someone who's known people who were into hard drugs, like quickly disconnected from. That's accurate. They're just randomly violent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those so guys. I've 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 I'm, seen people like that. I've never yeah, known anyone personally. Always so aggressive. Like, so I, I know that part's accurate. Yeah. I assume Patrick Swayze's hair used to do that. And so all, I, I'm, all I'm going to say is if you're having sex on the beach, it's not fun. That shit, that sand gets everywhere. Sand gets you know what, every, You yeah. know what's more fun than sex on the beach? It's drinking a, a, a nice frosty beer in a house. Actually, yes. beer on a beach is nice. Yeah, beer I love beach beach nice. beer. Hey, they had a shot of beach beer. Delicious Corona. Corona. And I'm like, there's no way, dude. Give me yum. No. Give me a lime. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that's ca- California. Yeah, it's California. <laughs> all day long. Yes, and California and wherever the Fast and Furious universe is. Yeah, and again, there's many universes touching base here. Uh, we're gonna now thank you for listening. Multiverse. <laughs> for this is the beer little. portion of the podcast. Yes, we're, we're gonna, now in Act Two. Correct. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump off a plane while we do the podcast now. We're gonna. But, but does one of our does one of our parachutes not work? Let's trade them all around. We have to do a beautiful yes. uh, ballet flying through the air while while Dan has to figure out how to edit out all the rushing wind noise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there and listening. We're gonna You're talk welcome. about some beers now. So we had two beers. Uh, one was from Georgetown Brewing, and the other was from Black Plague Brewing. The first one we enjoyed was a normal normal can size. I guess you would say a shorty. A 12-fluid ounce Yes, a 12-fluid ounce Classic size. Called Johnny Utah. Now, why on earth would Georgetown call their beer Johnny Utah? Because Gary Busey's in the movie? Because there's an FBI. (laughs) No, I was going to say, one of them's an FBI agent. Correct. Yeah, Karen Um, Reeves' character is named Johnny Utah. They also have a... So this pale ale is really nice. It's a little fire on his... uh, It has the fire that was on his uh, surfboard later. Yes. It it has flames, and this also has flames in the logo for for Georgetown. Not connected, I think, but maybe they are. I don't know. I've been to Georgetown Brewing up in Seattle, and it's in the um, just north of the the Boeing Airfield area. Ah, yes. In Georgetown, which is the name of the area. And that's why it's called Georgetown Brewing. But Johnny Utah, again, like calling your beer after a, a character in a movie, there must be a real reason. And I could not find that actual real reason other than that this is a really, um, you know, I couldn't find the IBUs listed anywhere, but it's like a 5.5%. It's really heavy grapefruit, citrus, and resin. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, really strong forward flavor. It has really a mild malt presence that doesn't stand up to that. Grapefruit and pine that just baps you over the head. So this is kind of like an IPA in a way, but it's a pale ale because yeah. it's not strong enough. I, IPAs kind of have that. Anything over 
is an IPA. Well, I, I, I like the, generally I like the kind of resinous and piney, like hop profile that will, will come. I wouldn't say like I love all IPAs all day. You know, I mean, I, I, I do like some variety, but this this was a nice beer. I think it matched the the first part of the movie really, really well, uh, you know, with our, our main character. Being, being really stoic. This tasted very like straightforward and he was kind of playing a one note for a while. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he, he was like straight laced, <clears throat> just, you know, Johnny, go get him. Yeah, FBI the, former, former well, a little bit of fish out of water. Like he was this college star, big man on campus, and yep, now yep. you know he's got to put his uh, he's you know play by the book. Yeah, play. But now you know he's out in the field, and he's got these you know twenty two year veterans that he's working alongside, and he, he's he's low man on the totem pole. He's twenty five years old. He's still figuring out who he is. Twenty two, yeah. wasn't he? So, yeah, so the whatever. amazing thing is, is this is a single hop beer, so really? it only has citra hops. Really, in it. I did not realize. Yeah, it, it tastes two, more a little more complex than that. Two row pale would have said too. Two row pale in Munich. And so it's a really shallow on the on the malt body. There's not a lot of body in it. It's just like a hop water kind of. It's hazy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's really a heavier beer. I really I would say it's basically an IPA, but you got you can't really call it that if it's not over six percent. So right. it's a it's a really very pine, orange, grapefruit, very forward, bitter Bitter, 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 bitter. Well, so right. yeah. It is a pale ale. Yes. But India pale ale just tends to have like more hop presence, 6%. Right? Uh, if it's, it's above 6%, ABV? it's an IPA. Yes, ABV. Really? That's kind of the cutoff. All right. I, I never knew ABV was, was part of the, the criteria. Yeah. Huh? Oh. They, they're the exact same recipes. Just, hey, put more malt in it and more sugar, and magically it's an IPA. Wow. Well, I as one of the uh, the two movie experts, as I stare at Brian uh, with, hey. with, with intent... <laughs> He yes. went to he went to school for film, and I was a film minor. I didn't know you were a film minor. Throwing yeah. shade. Okay. I never say because I, I assume everyone will make fun of me for it. I, I feel <laughs> like this match. Ha ha! You're a nerd. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I feel like this beer matched the first half of the movie really, really well. I, I think I feel like the the taste of it really synced up with like just the visuals, the tone, everything just seemed more. Before things got crazy, the state the state said like, "Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm drinking a beer. It's not nothing out out of the ordinary." Um, I oh, would have to disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah how yeah, dare yeah. how dare you? I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but Dan, edit in me, put like st- stomping away angrily because I, I don't want to get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I think part of the reason is in the first or second scene we saw a bunch of people drinking Coronas. Yes, mm, and that made fair. me really kind of. Think back and think about su- living in Southern California and the surfer culture. Right, right. And I kind of, I kind of had a taste We're, for a Corona at that moment. You were hankering <laughs> and, for a Corona, and then I, I, I got the uh, Johnny Utah. It was kind of hoppy for me, which, which is right, not right. my favorite profile anyway. And, That's fair. And, That's and, fair. And, and so I kind of felt like it didn't match as much. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to the second beer, which Dan's going to describe for us in a moment. I thought the second beer matched much better. I, cool, I, cool. I like um, the second so Dan, beer. Dan, a lot. go ahead and hit uh, pause. Brian, please with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's that's a good point. I like it. I, I would agree. Also, I I think the first one went well with the beginning of the movie because it was brisk and there were things that were happening very quickly. Uh, the characters had to face things that happened very quickly. So hey. If you if you don't have access to a beer such as this, find an IPA or some uh, uh, a hoppy pale ale or yeah, a Corona. Yeah. <laughs> you could go there. If Watch you the movie to. on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch this movie on the beach. 
Would you? I love a beach movie. Yeah, uh, pretty good beach movie. You know, uh, you know what I love more is uh, the Black Plague yeah. uh, Tropicus. This this had some nice like a kind of pineapple acidity. Yeah, there was a little bit of like tropical fruit acidity and tartness to it. I think d- really differentiated from from Johnny Utah. Agreed. So so this is a Tropicus Tropical Pale Ale uh, from Black Plague. Black Plague Brewing. I can get it out. Oceanside, California, which is north of. LA. Seaside, California. So I have it written here, <laughs> and it says Oceanside on the can. It does say Oceanside on the can. Oh. Well, Oceanside, California is actually uh, by San Diego. Is it? Which would be actually much more appropriate to this film. Uh, listener, Correct. this is hilarious because this is now a running gag that's happened at yes. least four times of Oceanside yeah. or Seaside. We, we don't really know. We don't know. <laughs> well, on, online it says Seaside, which is Correct. up in, in the middle part of California coast by Correct. Monterey. I think, yeah, it's, it's okay. So they have an Escondido lounge and an Oceanside tap room. This beer on draft is available at both. So Tropical Pale Ale, 5.3 ABV. It, it actually does give you the IBUs. It's 45 or 47 IBUs. The hops are Citra and Amarillo. So not just Citra, which is going to give you all that tropical mm-hmm. goodness, but it also has Amarillo. But I think that there's a hint of blood orange and grapefruit. It, that is what it, is. That's it, what really, it says on the can. It's really beautiful. Yes, there's yeah. notes of that. I love me some blood I, orange. It, you know, there's no way of knowing if they did an adjunct and added something to kind of give that blood orange vibe because Amarillo and Citra by themselves don't do that. I was going to say, yeah, there's definitely like fruit sort of acidity, a little bit of tart. I, I think it, it matches sort of this warm weather beach vibe, yeah. like with the movie, really, really nicely. Uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, this makes me want to quit my job and surf and do cocaine, but like it's maybe, a beer maybe, I like. Maybe more sleeveless yeah. shirts in your future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll grow my hair long like all yeah. the surfers. Like, you have had long hair Gr- Growing with Swayze. And, True. And, yeah. and at least for me, this... This particular beer was a little more complex. Oh, yeah, way more complex. There was a couple more flavors I could pick out, and I can't. Um, (laughs) And it actually went very well with kind of the second half of the movie. That I'd agree with. Where where it it became much more of a psychological movie because uh, Johnny Utah knows that the bank robbers are bank robbers and the bank robbers know that he's the man and, the, and I mean, he knows and, the bank robbers know and and, and, and he's trying he, he's trying layers to get the bank layers. robbers to do do the right thing and yeah. man that, and they're trying to corrupt him to become one of them that shell yeah. game with the, the parachutes, parachutes. Yeah. man I loved it where he just they keep swapping around actually you probably like grommets better now nah, you went like my Brody packs like crap you want this one instead and the all Johnny's thinking is, man, if I hit the ground like a splat, I'm be so mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be dead and mad. Well, no, it's like not like I'm gonna. It's like who can I trust? Who, yeah. who in this yeah. who in this plane can I trust? And the answer is probably the pilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so. The really cool thing is, but yeah, the, 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 the malt back end of this is an amazing, really gentle, but stands up and compliments. What's going on with those hops? That's I, I. It's to me, this is an extraordinarily well done beer. Like a nice balance, really nice. Balance. I really liked and, it. And I'm it sad says and it just says two row, and I'm like, it can't just be two row because two row doesn't. I mean, what kind of two row and what uh, what, is, are they what, is, doing? what is two row? So there are different types of hops Ma- of. Malt, not hops. Oh, malt. Malt. <laughs> malt. Grain. I was going to be like, Blake, that's different kinds of hops. Well, I mean, there are different kinds of hops. That's true. But so there's, there's also different kinds of malts, apparently. So the grain that they're using, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Has either two rows of kernels, four rows of kernels, or really, six rows it's, of it's, kernels. It's just that. That's, that's it interesting. Yeah, that's, it's just the strain of the that type. That never occurred to me. Cool. Of grains that they're using, yes. And it doesn't say like the type, mm-hmm. like of the, what they did to them, like were they killed in a certain did way? Did they drop them out, out of a plane yeah. and made them figure out if they had the working parachute or not? Correct. Did they surf and fall in love? And and I really think that this is kind of like, for those that like the hazy IPA thing just got way blown out and mm-hmm. overdone, this is a nice reaction to that in that it's just a really nice, gentle, soft... It has that hazy vibe because it's juicy, but it's not just juicy. It does have a roundness to it, and it's very approachable. This is a really, really nice approachable beer for people who are not big beer fans. I'm also going to do a quick shout-out for John's Marketplace, where you, where you pick these up, because it actually has a uh, date canned on 2-4-23. Yeah. Uh, and dear listener, that's within three weeks of when we're recording. So yeah. like they, they got it quickly. It didn't sit on the shelf. Didn't forever. sit on the shelf. This it was, was refrigerated. I'm yep. assuming it was refrigerated in a refrigeration truck on its trip up here from California. Right. I would assume it may not have been, but that's not a very long drive. It's so even not. then, eh, this is this I, is a fresh beer. Yeah, it's super fresh. It tastes really good. Now the Johnny Utah, I didn't see a date. There's a there's a serial number on it, but I didn't see a born on date on it or a canned on date. One twenty five, twenty twenty three. So this one's also oh, it's fairly, within fairly a month. recent. That's fairly good within a month. So yeah. yes, yeah. and the really nice thing about the 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 beers that they do up there, if you look at the can, what does it say on the top of the can? We like beer. California Redemption Value. No, <laughs> on the, we like beer. That's yes. important. Please refrigerate it. Warm beer sucks. Yes, warm beer does suck, and we're going to go back to that. Don't buy beer off the shelf. Buy it out of a cooler. Because you don't know how long that's been sitting there. Even if it has a born-on date that's within a few months, if it's been sitting warm on a shelf, oh, my God, it's probably going to Should I bad. buy it if a guy in a Ra- Ronald Reagan mask sprayed it with gasoline fire? Orange orange mocha frappuccino. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that would Zero be really reference, cool. Phenomenal. You could. Wake me up before you go-go. Yes. All right. So, Brian, what? thoughts on this one? I know you haven't really spoken a whole lot about this one yet. What? I, I said I thought that went a lot better with the second half of well, the film. As far as like the hop approach and stuff, because you are not a hop head. Right. So this is very low on hops. Uh, I feel it's got a lot more uh, fruit acidity on it. And it was very kind of light on the palate and uh, very sippable. And I enjoyed it. Okay. So this has 47 IBUs out of 100. So okay. when you say it's light on hops, again, so teachable moment, everyone. It's balanced, right? IBUs don't equate to the bitterness. IBUs are the amount of alpha acidity that's left in the beer from, so they're using really alpha, high alpha hops in the making of the beer, but because the malts balance out with the sweetness against that level of acidity, it blends really well. So, so, so basically flavors, it, it cancels out some of the hoppy flavor yeah. that I always kind of react against. Correct. It's, so, it's like so when again, you have a ham and it's salty and then you put some pineapple on it. Uh, it's delicious. like the, the flavor sort yes. of, you know, then you put a maraschino cherry on top. Pizza out of it. <laughs> yes. Throw it on some <laughs> hey, crust who wants and pizza? some sauce. Yeah. I bet. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, Dan, if I can ask, uh, we, yes. we were talking a moment ago about the freshness of these beers and you yes. know, how they were, they were canned recently. Uh, and, and you were saying, uh, you know, as a, a kind of cautionary word for our listeners, you know, to buy out of refrigerated cases where you can, yep. you know, get get good beer, get beer that hasn't been sitting, you know, shelf temperature for who knows how long. Uh, I'd like to ask, is there a rule of thumb for um, when does beer 
become in danger of being heat struck or when when is too long if it's at room temp sitting you know on the floor somewhere like can or bottle cans we're talking cans because we're we're talking to the poor college students in our listener group right now so if you don't care about the flavor buy whatever's cheapest well that's what i do if you care about the (laughs) flavor hard same you're you're gonna find if you're walking down your grocery store aisle there may be a few beers in their cooler and then some sitting on the floor in front of the cooler i literally saw that earlier that are that are getting blown on by warm air as the air comes out of the bottom of the cooler i I was not aware of the air circulation yes just think about that it's like you're getting hit by warm air so it's going to be above ambient temperature so anything above 57 to 62 is going to start temp. growing cellar temp. Anything above that is going to start growing a lot of bacteria really fast. Mm-hmm. So most room temp beers, if it's in a big market that doesn't have a lot of air circulation, that's just stagnant, big open. Right. John's Marketplace, both locations are pretty big open spaces, uh, really high ceilings. E- even so. in an enclosed container, right. they'll, they'll grow bacteria. Correct. Really? I would have thought the alcohol would have prevented any. Like, so there's, there's, there's probably about a two to three week, maybe a month window. Okay. For that to start happening, as far as I've been told. I, I could be wrong. And also, it, you don't know, hey, those lights have been on it. It's not going to get light struck, but if it's a bottle, you run the risk of it eventually getting more light struck, which is a different flavor, off flavor thing. Sunlight, I but thought. But it also yeah. it promotes the growth of bacteria. Well, uh, sunlight will, uh, will will mess up wine too. I know. Oh, it'll like, hard so alcohol too. It'll just okay. completely destroy the the alcohol flavoring within any hard. So if you're a listener and you have a hard alcohol cabinet, don't put it in front of the window or in sunlight because huh. it'll kill it. It'll destroy the flavor profile. Grandpappy always kept his liquor in a in a cupboard, and now I know why. Yes, it's, it's the kids are getting to it. So yeah, right yeah. As, <laughs> as far as age, so with IPAs and pale ales and things because they're hop that you're. You're buying it and drinking it because of the hot profile, not because of the malt profile. Mm-hmm. Dissipates over the first two to three weeks. So it the starts hot, the dropping. Hot profile will kind of denature. Yes, just, it'll 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 dilute enough into the liquid because mm-hmm. those little molecules are floating around, going, "Hey, I'm a flavor, I'm a flavor, I'm a flavor," and then they just break apart. They and slowly fall apart. they break down over time. They break down over time. They they can't stay cold. Allows them not to move as much. It probably slows if they're the warmer, they move faster. Okay, so okay. that's that's it's science, you know, chemistry. You know. Listeners, tell your friends to listen, so we can get enough people to listen, so we can get an income from this. We can make a short animated film in the style of the Jurassic Park uh, dinosaur DNA guy to do the molecules, the flavor guy Dude, going. Yes. I got flavor. I got flavor. And start, then, start a GoFundMe, Blake. Uh, it's, eh, it's like work. That's a Dan thing. So it's 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 Dan's interesting. A producer. So a lot of the stuff that I know, I've learned online and listen, watching video and by drinking things, struck beer, also. and drinking a lot of <laughs> yeah, heat-struck I, beer. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. that's doing, a that's a tough lesson to learn. Right, doing beer judging. <laughs> so for the home beer home brewers that are out there, keep it in a keg, keep it cold. You don't have that problem. If you're bottling or canning your keep beer, it secrets, keep, it safe. keep it cold. <laughs> keep it in a refrigerator that's not lit and keep it cold. It'll stay. I've had beers that have lasted up to three years in a bottle, in a fridge. That's, you know, it only, the light only turns on when I open the door. You know, what's, what's really funny is like the digger you deep into the ground, the, the closer the average temperature adheres to a 55 degree like stable temperature hmm. and old school wine cellars built into Our the ground, ground, 55 degrees beer. If you want to keep it good for a long time, Dan, based on what you're telling me, 55 degrees, yeah. like Any, that's it, that. Yep. Anything above 60 is bad. All, all of these traditional food uh, and beverages from before refrigeration was invented, uh, 55 degrees. Yeah. And maybe cheese too. I don't know. Maybe cheese might yeah, have its own thing. Cheese will dry out. 
Oh. And, I, and I think it's I think it's a humidity relative humidity based on the temperature ambient temperature the humidity will dry out the the water out of the cheese and make it dry out. Boy, I love listen, 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 you, you heard it here movie, first. Movie, movie and a cheese. <laughs> movie and a beer and a cheese. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm nerding out here. No, I'm into it. I, I, I love I love drinking cheese. I, <laughs> no, I, I, what cheese would you eat with point, with point Break? Pepper like Provolone? Pepper, pepper Jack. <laughs> I'm saying Pepper Jack. What food would you I'll, order I'll with this with movie? That. This is a this is a nachos. pizza movie. Nachos and pizza, dude, because they're oh, surfers. No. burritos, fish tacos, fish, fish tacos, oh, yeah. Yeah, shrimp and fries. Some, he, he said oh he ordered God. shrimp and fries earlier. He, he ordered yeah. some French. He did, well, he also fries. like the best meatballs he's ever had in yeah. the whole city. Must be give, me, sandwich. give me two and a lemonade. Yeah, but fish tacos. So and somebody tacos. somebody who lives in L.A. find that sandwich shop from around the corner of from that bank and. Yeah, and watch, and watch four gentlemen rob a bank. 1991. Yeah, 1991. It's probably still there. You never know. It's high rise condos now, <laughs> probably. All right. So, any last thoughts on this movie or these beers before we uh, say adieu to watch our... this movie and drink some beers? Yeah. This is a fun movie. This is a nice movie. Like end of the yeah, week, you're gonna it's relax. Entertaining, well worth watching at least yeah. once. Yeah, not with your kids. It's a little. It's a little dated, but it holds up pretty well for. Being a '90s movie, I, I will say I think I enjoyed this movie more having had a beer, rather oh, yeah, if yeah. I if I was not having a beer. But like I I recommend it. So like I said before, probably seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I I would want to watch this by myself in a no, dark a, room. No, no, no. This is a this is a, a, fr- a friend movie. It, yeah, because yeah. we did yell at the screen a few times. We're like, ah, yeah. It's like yeah. There's a little bit of violence and some foul language and some nudity, but it's not gratuitous. And it's not violence porn. But it's just like it happens. There's also gnarly and, waves, man. And lots of good waves. So yeah. there's Patrick Swayze's uh, chiseled form. Good yeah. lord, that man was a statue. He was. In 1991. <laughs> Beautiful surf out. photography. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, lots of if you're into surfing or you want to watch something that has some good photography and videography around surfing, this is a really nice film because it probably one of the first ones that introduced, I mean, other than like the Elvis movies that took place in Hawaii, but those are well, and, and, and that in the mid seventies, yeah. endless summer was a, a surfing dock, yeah. which really oh, set the bar yeah, yeah. for surfing photography. Yep. But this one did really good this, yeah. for, for being a narrative film, a narrative feature. This did really well. Yeah. It was believable. You could believe, even though you could like see the faces of the stunt doubles, and you're just like, yeah, that's not really them. But it's okay. I I, I believe that they're doing the Patrick Swayze cracked four ribs uh, doing his surf stunts. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous. Surfing I is dangerous. I, I, I totally believed it when Richard Nixon was catching that wave. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> I am not a surfer. Yes. Hydrate if you don't. I, you know, I've had you this. You don't hydrate. You're going to dehydrate in the wave, bruh. I, in in the waves, and we have this giant thing of water in front of us, and none of us have hydrated yet. I've I've been looking at it, going, God, I really need to get a glass of water. Someone didn't bring glasses. Uh, they're right in the other room. You're the host. I know. <laughs> I have my own glass, but no one else. Sorry, sorry, guys. Nah, you're fine. You're you, knocking out of the park, you man. Can, you can. Yo, call me there's out this giant that. water bottle in the middle for us. I mean, so I'm like, for no reason, like, start, drink out of the big jug. Yeah, just start <laughs> chugging out of it. Yeah, there you go. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> this is Brian signing off. All right, this is Aaron. Be, be be careful of the 50 year storm. This is Thanks Blake. This is Blake catching a wave out of here. Oh no, I'm crashing the waves. Oh no, Johnny Utah's there. Oh no. Yes, and those opinions expressed during the Timmy List recording are those of the hosts. Be it those hosts that just signed off and myself, Dan. Thank you for listening and hanging in there, and you know, catch some waves, bruh. <laughs> <laughs>